Are you ready to know what you don't know about Privacy Pros? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast by KZN Privacy Experts. The podcast to launch, progress and excel your career as a Privacy Pro. Hear about the latest news and developments in the world of privacy. Discover fascinating insights from leading global privacy professionals. And hear real stories and top tips from the people who've been where you want to get to. We're an official IAPP training partner. We've trained people in over 137 countries and counties. So, whether you're thinking about starting a career in data privacy, or you're an experienced professional, this is the podcast for you. everyone and welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. My name is Jamila and I'm a data privacy analyst at KZM Privacy Experts. I'm primarily responsible for conducting research on current and upcoming legislation as well as any key developments and decisions by supervisory authorities. With me today as my co-host is Jamal Ahmed who's a fellow of information privacy and CEO at KZM Privacy Experts. He is an established and comprehensively qualified privacy professional with a demonstrable track record solving enterprise-wide data privacy and data security challenges for SME through complex global organizations. To date, he has provided privacy and GDPR compliance solutions to organizations across six continents and in over 30 jurisdictions, helping to safeguard the personal data of over a billion data subjects worldwide. Hi, Jamal. Hey, Jamal. So our guest today, we are delighted to welcome Aaron Seder, who brings nearly 15 years of technical and leadership experience to Eclipses as the Senior Director of Core Engineering. Aaron has experience working as an engineer in multiple sectors, including solar energy, fiber optics, and mechanical engineering. Across his experience, Aaron has led and organized teams on in-depth projects which required maintaining and building relationships with clients, information and research gathering, and hands-on technical and mechanical work. At Eclipses, Aaron leads the Core Engineering team, overseeing implementation and software development projects and conducting product management of Eclipse's MTE technology. Aaron works closely with the technical sales, marketing and executive teams to ensure that Eclipse's core technology and messaging operate smoothly with the most up-to-date software and information. Aaron lives in Colorado with his family and enjoys all the great door activities that Colorado has to offer. Welcome, Aaron. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very well. Very well. How are you? Good. Thank you. Aaron, as Jamila was uh, telling us uh, a little bit about yourself there. Wow. What an introduction. You've been very busy over the last 15 years, haven't you? Thank you. As she said, you know, I started off in, in mechanical engineering, designing fiber optic cables, and that kind of led to Eclipsis kind of just by happenstance and started out developing physical demonstrations over here and then grew into software and data privacy and leading the team. Amazing. Amazing. I'm sure you've got a wealth of experience and so many valuable nuggets you can drop for us today. But before we get into that, Jamila always loves to start off with an icebreaker. Jamila, what's your icebreaker for today? Yeah, so today's icebreaker question, what is the best book you've ever read, Aaron? That's a tough one. (laughs) I don't know best book ever, but the one that sticks out, you know, recently in the last years or so was Ready Player One. You know, I know that's been made into a movie and stuff since Mm -hmm. I read it, but still, I loved how the relation to old video games and things like that. At at our old office, we actually had a uh, stand-up arcade with all the old games and things. So it was was fun to, you know, relate that in a book. I think uh, being a true millennial, mine will always be the Harry Potter series. Oh, sure. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> <Great one. laughs> I, yeah, I love them. 
What about you, Jamal? It's a tough one because when it's my best book, in what context? So recently, I've been reading lots of uh, business type of books. So for the people who are listening and uh, listening to business, I think the one that's standing out for me right now is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And it really talks about how to really systemize and get some real focus on the way your business is structured. So you're not you know, running around like a headless chicken. Nice. Uh, lots of different recommendations for whoever's listening. Go and read. So let's get into the proper questions. Aaron, you have a lot of experience in different fields, but why the passion now for privacy? Yeah, great question. No, I kind of got into Eclipsis, as I mentioned before, kind of by, by happenstance. They needed somebody to develop physical demos and oversee some outsourced manufacturing and things like that. And once I got in there, you know, data privacy is one of the, I think, coolest things that kind of goes unnoticed, right? There's tons of data about everyone out there. And it's a very crucial thing to make sure that that's all protected and protected at the right layer. Um, You know, Eclipsis, we strive, you know, to do it a little differently than other places. uh, But it's very important in the world of we live in that your data is protected and controlled and and those types of things, because it it tells a lot about you nowadays. And there's lots of data out. And what do you think of the current kind of attitudes, I guess, towards data privacy in the States? There's a lot of push towards, you know, more privacy for data, striking that balance between people being in control and keeping data private, but also using data for legitimate business needs is a, is a fine line to walk. And, you know, we're all trying to find that across the whole world. And GDPR has really led in some of those efforts. And I think the U.S. is implementing some very similar things and doing some things kind of as GDPR is a role model. CCPA is very close to GDPR at California. You know, U.S. is kind of doing it at the state level, letting states kind of figure out what that means for them and then kind of working that up to the federal level. Do you think we'll see a federal privacy law anytime soon? I think so. I mean, we do have the Freedom Act in place right now that was 2015 uh, put in place. It doesn't go as in-depth as GDPR, but there is some federal things in place right now. Okay. And have you been following the recent discussions between uh, Europe and uh, the U.S. to replace the broken privacy shield? Yeah, I don't know too much about that, but I think that the efforts are you know, good there, but I don't, I don't have too much information. Yeah, I, I was a bit skeptical as well. I mean, it's good to see the discussions and the announcements, but there's nothing we can actually read to see if it has any merit or not. So I guess the fact that there's some will and indication there means it's probably priority. And uh, I look forward to finding a solution. It's super important that Europe and the UK can easily share data with the businesses in the US because we rely on uh, the US for a lot of the software, right? Right. Most of of the businesses here, every single business I work with, have at least three to five vendors based in the US and they're all transmitting personal information. So it's super important that we find a solution to that as quickly as possible, I believe. I agree. Yeah, I think it's very important. So um, Aaron, could you tell us more about Clipsies and uh, what kind of things you do and why it's an amazing privacy solution? Yeah, I'd love to. Here at Eclipsis, we focus on data protection So at the application level. So we offer a compiled library that gets integrated into an application and protects the data as soon as it's generated. So it's eliminating the need to rely on the communication protocol or the operating system or those types of things. Application developers can take it into their own hands and make sure that their data is secure and protected and their customer's data is secure and protected, regardless of where it goes in the world or how it's communicated. And it works in a, uh, on a synchronized endpoint type solution. So we have two endpoints and they're the only two that can talk to each other. It really isolates the problem of data privacy and makes it so that only the specific person you want to know that information is the only one that can 
decipher it. That sounds like a pretty powerful solution. Yeah, we think so. And, it, you know, we're getting lots of movement and adoption and lots of contracts. People are starting to see that, hey, if I can protect the data as soon as it's generated, then, you know, these zero days that we hear all about, right? 2021 was the most zero days we've ever heard of um, in existence. And most of those are targeted at the communication protocols or the operating systems, finding little holes, little back doors in those. Mm. But if you protect the data as soon as it's generated, you're less concerned about those vulnerabilities. Okay, that sounds amazing. So who is this solution ideal for? What kind of businesses are we talking about? We have developed it in C, and it's very, very small, very, very fast, so it can really fit anywhere. So how do we target the people who are going to have the most benefit? And we've gone after mobile and web is kind of our primary, and IoT is also a a secondary primary. Uh, So getting those mobile apps and web pages that have you know, inherently and historically lower amounts of security, getting those up to speed and up to snuff because our library is so small and nimble, we can actually embed it into web pages and the user doesn't have to download any extensions or anything like that. So we can protect data at the field level within a web page and that all that data is secured to the to the server without the end user knowing anything about it. Wow, it sounds very nice and simple and it sounds super protective. So you're saying as soon as a user comes on, to, let's say I've got this solution on our website when someone's signing off one of our courses, right? As soon as they come onto the website and they start fitting out their personal information, let's say their phone number, their email address, all of that gets protected straight away. Yeah, exactly. And it can be uh, secured individually. And then it still, of course, goes through all of the best practices that are in place, HTTPS, TLS, those things, but we protect the data inside that tunnel. So if the tunnel is corrupted somehow or somebody gets in there, the data is still protected. And it's all through a WASM WebAssembly wrapper and just gets embedded into your Java. Wow, that sounds amazing. And how easy is it for a business to uh, adopt these solutions? Do we need lots of specialists like you in-house or can we just have, you know, some really basic IT support? No, it, it doesn't take much support at all. We have a professional services group and implementation team. That's my counterpart that really takes over the implementation. We put on the white gloves and really make sure that the customer is taken care of. It doesn't take much. And the nice thing about Eclipses is we we had a very solid engineering foundation. And now we've kind of built up the business around that. So the APIs and the way you interface have been able to be refined. So they're very easy to use, very simple calls um, in order to get it up and going in your environment. So what you're saying is any small and, uh, smaller or medium-sized business could actually consider this as a possible solution to keep their data uh, both secure and private without having to worry about too much about how much IT resources uh, they have internally. It should just be able to plug and play. Yep, exactly. And that was our whole goal. It's, you know, we we have the expertise, so let's package it up so that you don't need the expertise too. I think that's the biggest hesitation and fear for companies is, oh, now I need a cryptologist on staff in order to implement these encryptions or implement these data securities, where we've kind of bundled that in a nice, easy to use package. So you don't need that expertise. Awesome. We are all about making things easy peasy at the Privacy Pros Academy and also at Casey. so this is amazing. I'm sure there'll be so many clients that I can introduce this product to and uh, I'd love to explore uh, a little bit more of that. But tell us, uh, what is FIPS 143 certification and why is that important? Yeah, great question. FIPS stands for the Federal Information Processing Standards um, and FIPS 140-3 
is all about cryptographic uh, algorithms. NIST is our government body that oversees data privacy and those types of things. And FIPS 140-3 is a way that people like us, software, but it also covers hardware as well, can verify that anything cryptographic related is being done correctly. We use open source and commonly used algorithms, AES and SHA, at the base of our technology. And yeah. FIPS really just ensures that we're using those. So if anyone's listening and they think, you know what, that software sounds amazing, or that solution sounds amazing, but I'm not really sure if it's up to scratch, what you're saying is it meets this FIP standard, and therefore anyone can be assured that it is the gold standard when it comes to cryptology. Exactly. It's a way of not just us saying, hey, it's great. We had a third-party laboratory run it through its paces, make sure that it's completely secure and, and completely legit. All right. That sounds amazing. Aaron, a lot of the people that are listening to the podcast are probably starting out in a career or, you know, looking to change careers. So what do you look for when you're hiring in your industry? Could you give some like top tips to people listening? Definitely. Um, I think the biggest thing is a passion for learning, right? Yeah. Being being an engineer and switching fields and switching industries uh, myself, you know, what I've realized is having a, a degree in that, you know, piece of paper that says, hey, you can you can work hard, uh, basically is all it says. But everything in the real world is learned, right? So I learned how to code when I got to Eclipsis and learned how to manage a team and those types of having that aspiration to continually learn and continue to better yourself is what I really look. It helps to have some basis in the skill set that you know I'm asking you to do, but that aptitude for making yourself better and always learning is really key. How was that process of learning how to code? I think I've seen a lot of campaigns trying to get more people, especially young younger kids and things to learn how to code. So do you think that that's something that's important? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of our world today, right, is technology and based in code. So understanding what something is doing at the, the heart of it helps you better understand if they, maybe it's a vulnerability or maybe it's you know something that I shouldn't, shouldn't be a part of or those types of things. I, I think having that fundamental understanding, just like having a fundamental understanding of how, you know, anything works, know a little bit about how your air conditioner, your heater works, right? You can, can know that, oh, my, maybe I can just tweak this one thing instead of yeah. throw the whole thing away. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just want to go back to um, Aaron's uh, key point there about uh, the passion for learning. And at the Privacy Pros Academy, we're building a community of ambitious professionals who are going to come together to empower businesses to adopt honest privacy practices. And when you were talking about that passion for learning, you said you've, you've switched career many times, you've learned coding, you've learned how to manage people. I would perceive that comes from the ambition you have within you. Can you tell us about what it is that actually motivates you and drives you to strive to be better every day? Yeah, for me, it's a real passion for problem solving and uh, and understanding why. I'm, I'm always asking why and trying to get to the bottom of something, even when talking with people. So why why'd they ask that question? It helps you better understand where they're coming from, maybe, you know, what they're truly asking, um, but that goes for technology and anything. I'm always taking things apart and trying to understand how it works and, and those types of things. So I think that's really what drives me. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Jamila, I know you're super hardworking and you're super ambitious. So what drives you? Uh, is it bad to say money at this point? <laughs> no, no, this is fair enough. Uh, Financial re reward seeing, is uh, seeing good Seeing the price of my electricity bill that's just gone up by double, that's quite motivating. <laughs> wow, double. That's amazing. In a bad way. I'm always very motivated to do volunteer work so seeing that i've helped people that drives me quite a lot i think mm. so is it co contribution 
giving yeah, back yeah giving back yeah because i'm gonna say for someone that volunteers as much as you do because every time i talk to you i'm running after this volunteering session and that when you say money drives you i think maybe you're trying to get away from the electricity right now but i'm not sure that's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning yeah i want to say helping others but that sounds very cheesy but if it's true for you then there's no there's nothing wrong with saying yeah. that what about you jamal uh, i think definitely helping people inspiring people to be better unleashing their potential being the best they can possibly and coming together to make a difference having an impact having a life full of purpose and meaning i think that's what really drives me is making sure there's some legacy to be left behind all very inspirational here's some interaction that our listeners can do comment below what drives and inspires you getting some interaction in for our listeners there we go (laughs) so aaron why are you passionate about putting control of data back in the hands of the people yeah i think that's a huge huge topic i believe that it's you know data about you so you should have more control and more insight into where and how that data is used. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's several companies that are doing a great job. We have a couple partner companies that are uh, smaller startups that are trying to achieve that. You know, when you go to the bar, for instance, or the pub <laughs> for, for a beer, you know, the bouncer or whoever's at the door doesn't, you know, necessarily need to know your address and need to know your birth date. They just need to know that you're over 21. Uh, so kind of putting that control back into you or yeah. limiting the amount of data that's shared or how often it's shared to even doctor's office. If you change doctors, if you keep that central repository and just let them have access to it, uh, then you can cut off that access and give access to somebody else if you decide to change doctors, that type of thing. I think that's that's important. I think that's where the world is headed. I think that's something that we've had a lot of questions and comments over, especially in the last two years with COVID. I know we had um, COVID passports becoming a thing briefly in the UK. So it has have you seen kind of changes due to COVID in the States? And, and what are your opinions on that? Yeah, I think that there is. There were definitely several companies that we talked to that were trying to do the COVID passport um, as well, or, you know, the automated screening machines and things like that, which it's important to keep all that data private as well, because you can be used to track you where you've mm-hmm. been and those types of things. It's very, very sensitive data. I think that COVID definitely has increased the amount of focus on data privacy. And especially for the increase in remote working, I think that's, you know, driving it more so because data or businesses are realizing that, hey, we have all these people working from who knows where. (laughs) Can we ensure that our PII, that our our proprietary information is kept safe and not spread to the other people at Starbucks? You know, that that type. (laughs) Where do you think that line is between giving enough information that, you know, you keep other people safe, but then also keeping your privacy rights? That's a tough one. (laughs) You know, that's a that's a fine line. There needs to be legitimate business reasons for having data and using data. Uh, We all enjoy conveniences that businesses provide based off that data. So you can't say no one can have my data ever because then you'll lose out on a lot of what we've created over the last several decades. Yeah, it is a tough one. What are your thoughts on that, Jamal? Well, um, as you know, I've been a very strong campaigner against having COVID passports. Uh, I don't believe individuals need to be tracked, and I don't think we should be discriminating against people based on the choices that they've made about whether they choose to take a shot of some random substances into their body or not. Whether people do or not, I think that's an individual choice, but they should not be discriminated for it. And there's lots of people that have health conditions and health reasons um, why they can't take them. 
Is it really fair to have a two-tier society based on somebody's medical status, based on their medical privacy? Should those things not be kept private? Look, if you want to hear more about this, there's so many videos I've put on YouTube where I've been interviewed by uh, media channels across the world on my opinion on this. So we'll stick a link into our YouTube channel and you can catch up on all my opinions, views and the debates on that there as well. (laughs) Cool. Aaron, uh, what is your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of the job is getting the customer to have the the aha moment. That's very, you know, uh, satisfying when you're talking through the technology or telling them why it's important to secure the data at the application level when they finally get it and they're like, oh, but that's what I've been missing for all these years. That's that's really cool. And what's your favorite part of your job, Jamal? You know, the favorite part of my job is the favorite part of my job. I really enjoy the mentoring and the coaching at the academy more than mm-hmm. anything else. That was that's what really inspires me. It's when you see people and you've come in feeling a little bit confused, not feeling as confident as I'd like to be, trying to figure out how to memorize stuff, or they've got some theoretical knowledge but not understanding how to apply it and then when you take them through the mentoring program and they transform and come out the other end and they're this confident ambitious eager person ready to go they don't necessarily now need to feel like they have to memorize stuff they know how stuff applies they can explain stuff you can see that the whole complexion has changed and there's a whole new energy about them that's the favorite part of my job is seeing that transformation the moment that penny drops partway during the program and suddenly they're like a new person they're two inches taller they're so much louder so much more bold and they're so much more happy not just in their work but in all areas of their life and they get so many comments from people complimenting them saying hey what's changing you sound a lot more confident now you know you're a lot more positive these days that transformation for me is the best thing about my job amazing have you felt a difference working for a startup as opposed to maybe working for a bigger um organization do you have any tips like for work if if someone's listening who's going to work at a startup main difference is the agility the nimbleness that a small company can have you can get into a lot of different things learn a lot of different things at a small company there's more opportunity and those types of things that comes with trade-offs of big established companies have processes and it's very easy to follow and you just you know check off things uh down your list so it's kind of a matter of preference do you like to just fall into line and you know exactly what you need to do or do you want to figure out how to get things done and learn more positions and and be kind of pulled all over there's uh, definitely pros and cons to both yeah i absolutely echo what aaron is saying and i would encourage everybody who's um thinking of shifting their roles or thinking of transitioning into data privacy is go and find a startup and work with them because you will learn so much more working with a startup you'll have so much more exposure and you'll be able to get stuff done so much quicker rather than sometimes when you're bogged down with processes and formalities and sign-offs with some of the larger companies but the best thing about it is you can actually see how you're making a massive impact and a difference whereas in a larger company where you're not seeing the end-to-end necessarily all the time it might be getting a bit frustrating because you're doing all of this stuff you're working if you're 40 hours a week whatever it is but you're never really seeing the end result unless you're seeing some report somewhere but with startup companies you get to see it from the beginning you get to design the solution implement it and then you get to take people through the process and see how the solution is working for the company and the business and the individuals right at the end and you get a lot more joy out of it and then when you take that experience um, and then you go and you work for a large company more established, you can actually bring a lot more value to the table, you can bring a lot more efficiencies. And I would really encourage everyone who is thinking about putting themselves on the market 
not just to stick to the bigger bigger companies, but actually start thinking about how you can go and add value to those startups because that is really going to help you to grow. And when I worked with startups, that really tested me. And it was a thing where I was constantly out of my comfort zone, which helped me to grow and get all of the experience uh, that I've managed to get. And uh, I'm very grateful for the startups I've had and the opportunity to work with. And I'm also grateful for the startups that we have as clients as well, actually. It's, it's really amazing. And some of these challenges are very unique. And um, Aaron can tell you, engineering solutions for some of the challenges that we're seeing in this day and age, when you get to the end, it's actually really rewarding. I agree with everything that you said. It's a, it's a great way to really expand your, your knowledge base and yeah, propels your career, I think. And what a lovely note to finish on. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us. I was yeah, going to ask one question, actually. Oh, Jamal's <laughs> had a question. Aaron, <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're looking to hire people into your data privacy team, or when you're vetting or interviewing for data privacy uh, professionals, what are the top things you're looking for? Yeah, the, the top things we're looking for, well, we usually hire for a very specific objective that we're trying to complete. So in, in that case, it would be you know, looking for the a little background in the specific language that we need, uh, that we're missing on the team, the hole that we need to fill. Also training things, projects. I think that what's really beneficial is projects outside of work. What have you done, you know, on your free time? You maybe made an iPhone or an Android game or, you know, something that shows that, hey, you you can solve an entire problem from beginning to end mm. and, and see it through. Um, I think that's very important. And then some background, but obviously, you know, we can teach a lot of skills as well. But I guess what you're saying is, look, you understand you can teach people skills, people can learn the skills. What you're looking for is that thing that makes them individual, that show that they have a spark and they have a natural, actual passion for this. And it's not just them saying to you in an interview, I'm very passionate about data privacy, but it's actually being able to demonstrate and prove it from something that they've done, taking initiative for in their own life and showing you outside of work that they are actually passionate about this. They've been able to do something and showing that, quality as a person that they bring to the team yeah that's exactly right yeah all right fantastic that's that's one of the things we teach as part of the accelerator program is those key skills that employers are looking for and there's three things we've identified most employers want number one is they need somebody that's going to actually fit the team they need someone that's cultural fit number two they need someone that's actually motivated to do that specific role for that company. So it means that you should do your research. You should understand what the challenges of the company are. Have a look at what the culture of the company is like and show them that you're actually here to fit in and solve those problems. And you're motivated to work for that company in that specific role. And the final thing that we've identified most companies want is somebody who has that competence, right? To demonstrate they have the competence, the ability to do that. So when you talk about background, that's looking for evidence that they can actually solve these problems. They know how to do this. And one of the things that we do at the Academy to help people is we take them through the IAPP, International Association of Privacy Professionals Training. So we take the, we, we right now we're offering the Certified Information Privacy Professionals of Europe the Certified Information Privacy Manager and the Certified Information Privacy Technologist, which might resonate with you more than the other two. And we take people through our mentoring program where we really break it all down and make it easy for them. And we build it all back up so they leave the academy transformed into a confident, ambitious privacy professional who's ready to go and add value to any organization they come across. That's awesome. I think that's a great way to handle it and building it up piece by piece, as you mentioned. Somebody who had that certification went out of their way 
to achieve that and go through your program, that would speak volumes on a, on a resume. You know, they might not have had any privacy experience before, but that would give them, they could hit the ground running when they got to the company. And what you said about culture is, is also really great. And one, one additional point I had there is I think a lot of people are nervous during interviews, which, you know, we all are, uh, but it's important to understand that culture, as you said, and, and interview your interviewer as much as they interview you to understand, Hey, will I fit here? Or am I going to be miserable because I, mm. I don't mesh with their personalities and that type of thing? Yeah, and that's really important. It can be very difficult for somebody who's just taken up in your role, accepted the offer, not really understood the culture of the company, and they find themselves stuck in a role. They don't want to leave because they haven't given – it's going to look bad on their CV, but it's actually making them miserable. Um, it's not good for their mental health. It's not good for them. It's not good for the company, right? It's not a good fit. So we want to avoid that. We want to make sure there's a win-win-win situation all the time. Definitely. Yep, that's definitely right. Awesome. Jamila, I'm now going to let you wrap up. <laughs> some great tips there um, and, and, and some great wisdom from you during this podcast, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Yeah, really enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me. And it's great to, to learn more about you guys as well. So it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like and share so you're notified when a new episode is released. Remember to join the Privacy Pros Academy Facebook group where we answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class Privacy Pro. Please leave us a four or five star review. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast or have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about, please send an email to team at kzient.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.